You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. All the hype about Detroit's turnaround could turn out to be meaningless. That's if the city does not become a place where families want to live long term, and it won't become that place without better public schools. That's not just me saying that, and it's not just naysayers who want to downplay Detroit's successes. That's what Governor Rick Snyder said during and after the bankruptcy as the state prepared to pass a rescue plan for Detroit public schools. Because of that legislation, Detroit now has a new system that's relatively free of the debt that was crushing the old system. The hope was that a financial clean slate of sorts could create better results for kids in the classroom. With a new school district comes, of course, a new superintendent. Nikolai Vidi is that person, and he is shouldering all the weight that rests upon the hope of public education turning around here in the city of Detroit. And he joins us now to talk about his plans and the prospects that he can be the person who brings us great public education in the city. Once again, Nick Viti, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, I, I, I want to just quickly give you a chance to talk about what you've seen in the, the few weeks that you've been here, uh, how much uh, how much you've learned about what needs to be done and how quickly you think you can do the things that people will notice as different. Uh, when the doors fling open in our schools in September, for instance, uh, how sure are you that you can really send the message to parents, especially, that this is a new day? Well, I, I've spent a month um, hitting the ground running, uh, talking to people within the school district, mainly principals, teachers, district staff, and, and even those outside, asking what's working, what's not, and what can we do differently. Um, and I think everyone uh, collectively is ready to do things differently. Mm -hmm. I also believe that everyone collectively has a sense of urgency. Uh, which is positive. I've I've gone into systems and turn around, and there is a great deal of resistance, um, and not an awareness that it's time to do things differently. I think people are are ready for that. Um, I think it, that's going to look differently when change actually comes to individuals, because uh -huh. people can talk about it until it comes to them. Um, but overall, the collective sense is ready for change. It's needed. Um, I would say that there is a lot to do. Yeah. Uh, we need to rebuild a district. Um, and, and sometimes that word is thrown around loosely, but I truly mean rebuild. Um, oh, after a decade of um, a governance structure that was just not successful, I'm, I'm putting aside the politics, putting aside the individuals, um, but emergency manage, management leadership uh, was not effective. Mm -hmm. um, it was not led by individuals that were educational leaders that under, understood good teaching and learning and how to build a system and team um, with a sustainable plan to improve teaching and learning, which improves student performance, which gives hope um, to individual families, to a city, uh, to invest um, and put their children actually in the school system. Yeah, it, The system has been run as if it was uh, a system of in bankruptcy where you were just releasing assets without an overall vision of, of how to improve student performance. Yeah. And, 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 then, fact, then, and so that's a rebuilding that has to happen. In fact, uh, the very first emergency manager we had, Robert Bob, and I had a conversation after he left uh, about that very issue. He said, 
look, there is no there is no room to maneuver in that role as emergency manager to actually improve the situation. It really is just about slashing cost. That's really the only lever you have to pull. And so there isn't a way to make the, the, the system work better in the future. It's just you're balancing the books. Well, I, I, you're right. Uh, I think every superintendent, every um, educational leader realizes that you need a budget that is balanced, tied to a strategic plan. You have to make difficult decisions. Any leader has to do that. I think one thing that I would say, not about any individual that was previously leading the district, but they weren't educators. And I think that's important. I mean, I, I come into this role having been a teacher, a principal, a principal supervisor, a state administrator, an actual superintendent. So at my heart, my core, I'm an educator. Uh, and then with that, a leader that has done turnaround work. So I know how to build the systems and processes to support teachers and principals to therefore support children. Uh-huh. Even though emergency managers were, uh, their, their number one priority was to fix the budget, if you will, um, there, there wasn't a whole lot of thoughtfulness around how you build an organization that supports teaching and learning. Right. Um, and, and we've suffered from that. So I'm coming into a system having to rebuild that um, quickly. Um, so a lot of people say, well, when, when are we going to know things are different? I right. think people should start knowing that things are different um, based on just everyday decisions that are being made that the public may not see. I mean, the most recent one was a reorganization, yes. uh, which was made in order to move more dollars to schools, You're but also people more into school buildings. Correct. correct. And, and to the free dollars so that we can put more money into programming, into more materials, more technology, um, but also to get rid of a organizational structure that was not conducive to directly supporting schools. So central office main function should be directly, indirectly supporting principals and teachers. If people are not doing that, then they shouldn't be there or the system um, isn't isn't worthy. So we had a middle management system that was uh, translating information, um, passing on for information from schools to the district that led to bureaucracy, to backlog, and that was what was eliminated. But that was a clear example of having been an educator, been, been a leader in a large organization to understand scale, to know how to create more efficient uh, lines of communication and yeah. action. Yeah. So if you're doing that, will that lower class sizes, for instance, in our schools. That's an issue we've had in Detroit since the 1980s, that uh, there are just too many kids in a classroom. Uh, in some cases, I've been in kindergarten classes where there were 40 kids, and you sort of scratch your head and think, how how could you manage that? Will that start to come down? So uh, our first priority is fully staffed, uh, to be fully staffed. Which so you're in not fact, yet, right? We're not. Um, in fact, this morning, um, before coming here, I met with the HR team, um, and I said, I will receive vacancy reports every Friday, uh, and we have to be fully staffed. And I think people looked at me like, I, do you really understand what you're asking me to do? <laughs> uh, I said, absolutely. And I said, we have to stop creating two sets of expectations. We have to stop saying that it's all right for your child, who may not be in DPSCD, to have a teacher the full year and the first day of school. Yes. But somehow, some way, it's all right for the kids in DPSCD to have uh, a, a classroom that's vacant um, or vacant for six months. And and so HR's role is to do everything they can to provide principals with enough teachers to, to be fully staffed. So to answer your question about uh, overcrowded classrooms, we have to solve the vacancy issue first. first if, we saw, right. if we solve the vacancy issue or, or minimize the vacancy issue, then I think we can start moving into 
um, different type of schedules, maybe even entertain some caps at, at certain grade levels, especially in kindergarten, first and second grade. But you're not going to overcome the, over, the overcrowded issue sure. if we don't deal with the vacancy issue because they are related. Now, there are some systems issues that we can deal with, but if we don't have teachers, um, we can't deal with the overcrowded issue. Yeah. Another immediate change was to move um, about 60 teachers that were at the district level to schools. So that was a, a clear example of doing things differently, but more strategically, yes. making hard decisions that are educationally based, but also child-centric. So 60 teachers and, and even some more positions that were unfilled are eliminated. So therefore, we just solved our vacancy issue by about 60 teachers. Right. Uh, we've had two job fairs that, that have generated over um, 100 teachers. And so mm -hmm. we're getting closer to being fully staffed, but we're not there yet. And you are you finding that people are eager again to be part of the system, to come teach I am. here? I mean, you're putting a little more money yep. into, into salaries. I know that there's always going to be a constraint on that as long as the budget looks the way it does. But are you finding that people are saying, hey, I want to come be be part of this? Well, whether through emails, people meeting me on the street, or, or even attending the, the job fairs, I think the 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 election um, process of having uh, local representation through the board, the selection of an appointed superintendent, uh, it's created a sense of um, I would say urgency, but hope uh, that uh, things are changing for the better. And obviously, we're going to have to build on that and and, and have uh, short term wins and long term wins. But the people that I talked to at the job fair. Uh, are admittedly saying openly, I'm excited about what's happening in the city of Detroit, and, and I'm excited about what the district can do, and I'm excited about the change in leadership. Yeah. And I think all of that is meaning that we have uh, opportunities to leverage and uh, to capitalize on in order to create a better situation for our children. Yeah. And, I, and, and as you mentioned, the tentative agreement, uh, which I'm hopeful will be approved by, by teachers, uh, gives an initial bump um, to to all teachers. It's not where we're, we need to be. It's not what teachers deserve. But it's a, a, a clear acknowledgement and an investment that salaries matter, matter, and that we can build on that in in future years, especially as we work together to increase enrollment. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Nikolai Vidi, the new superintendent for Detroit Public Schools Community District, and we're going to take your calls. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. Stay with us on Detroit Today. listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Nick Laviti. He is the new superintendent of the Detroit Public Schools Community District. Uh, we are talking about uh, what that district's going to look like when the doors open in the fall. This reboot of the idea of public education here in Detroit. You want to join the conversation? Give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today will work your comments into the conversation. Um, so uh, on this program, when you got hired to be superintendent, we had a really big conversation about how that meant that the two major systems of Detroit, city government and the public school system, were now going to be led 
by white men uh, in a city that is majority black. And this is the first time in a really long time that that has been true. I know that race is something that you probably think about a lot, just like uh, most of us do. And I want to give you an opportunity to talk about some of what goes through your mind when you think of yourself in the context of race and your job here. Yeah, uh, I don't think um, one can be the superintendent of Detroit Public Schools Community District and not deal with race and not be comfortable in talking about race, Uh um, especially um, as a non-African-American superintendent um, leading an African-American school district. Um, And so uh, I deal with race every day Mm -hmm. and I'm comfortable dealing with race and talking about race. And I don't think you can be effective or I won't be effective if you can't talk through race and and feel comfortable doing that. on a personal level, I deal with race every day, yes. out, even outside of the school district. Yes. Um, I'm married to an African-American woman. My, my, my children are biracial, um, but um, identifiably African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, they identify as African-American. Um, so I can't go to the grocery store, as I say, where they get their hair cut um, <laughs> without dealing with race at some level. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important for people to understand. I don't talk about that as a way to gain credibility. I talk about that just as, as who I am. It's just true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it is a privilege and an honor uh, to be superintendent of Detroit anyway because of my own roots um, in Metro Detroit. Right, you're a Metro but it's, Detroit native. But, yeah. but it's even more of a privilege and an honor um, to serve as superintendent as a non-African-American superintendent. Yeah. Um, and it, it brings forth a great deal of responsibility um, and pressure but but that I that I embrace, um, I I think, you know, when you when you African Americans in in the United States and even immigrants and I come from an immigrant background have always been told that you have to work twice as hard um, as the white majority mm-hmm. um, in order to get ahead. Um, <clears throat> I was told that as a as a child growing up in an immigrant working class um, family. But I, I, I actually apply that to my role as superintendent, yeah. which is the expectations are even higher for me. The, the pressure is even higher um, <laughs> because I'm not African-American and I embrace that um, and, I, and I celebrate that. And I, and I do believe that whether it's in Detroit or our country in general, we have to move to a multiracial, multiethnic um, reform model. Um, in order to create change. And so anytime it's monolithic, uh, whether all black or all white, it just, it doesn't work. We, we saw that, we saw the success of civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. uh, which was, uh, largely, um, multiracial, multiethnic in its approach. I think when we're talking about the context of Detroit, it will be successful when it's that. Um, but, but at the same time, highly sensitive and aware of the political racial realities um, of change and and understand that uh, I'm not in a position to speak for people um, or for communities. I'm here to represent what I know is best practice um, for academic achievement. And that I, I bring a track record of doing that, but also a track record of listening to the community, valuing the community, um, and, um, and, and pushing back when we, when we disagree, yeah. but also listening, um, but not being afraid to take on change either. 
um, because of race. Right. Um, but uh, but ha- but integrating that into into the overall reform right. effort. Uh, you're also going to be the first superintendent that I can think of in a really long time who has school age children uh, and and who's kids i assume will will be right. uh, navigating the, the 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 public education choices here in the city just like the rest of us i think that gives you uh, again a set of ex- it's going to give you a set of experiences that really tells you a lot more about uh, what school is like here uh, than than you can see from the outside. Uh, let's go to Walia in Detroit. Walia is one of the teachers in the DPSCD system. Walia, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you. Thank uh-huh. you. Um, I just wanted to start by saying, first of all, welcome, Dr. Vitti, to um, Michigan or Detroit Public Schools. I've been with the district for 22 years. I came here from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh-huh. Um, um, my question to you, Dr. Vitti, uh, in, in all due respect, is that I know you um, are speaking what we need to hear in terms of salaries and that t- Detroit teachers are not making what they should be making, um, but that's going to take time is what you follow up with. I want to make sure that you do realize it's been close to 10 years that we've sat and waited for someone to come and rescue us. We've never left. I have two degrees other than teaching I could have been gone a long time ago, but I still I'm sitting in a hot building right now in the winter. We're freezing. My windows are taped up um, and it goes on. The things that we've dealt with rodents and the whole nine yards. But all of a sudden, because we want to speak up and demand that someone start to respect us and speak to our concerns, we're the enemy or we're greedy. I just want to know, how much do you really know about what Detroit public school teachers have been through? The yeah. disrespect, the neglect. Yeah. It's been close to 10 years, Dr. Vitti. Yeah. Uh, we, we need someone to truly understand it's not about greed. Yeah. It's not even about well, money. Yeah, it's that's about a great, fairness. These are, fair. these are wonderful everything. points. I want to, we're, we're only got about three minutes left in the show, so I want to make sure he has time to, to respond. But thank you very much uh, for calling, and I think, uh, again— that view inside the classroom is really important. Talk about how much you know about the things she's, she's yeah, asking. Uh, well, you know, that's one, one thing I didn't say in the opening about what have I learned and what I've seen is the level of resilience that people have had who have stayed in the, in the school system. And there's a level of resilience that the entire city um, has, has gone through. Um, and, and even, even in throughout Metro Detroit and my family have experienced that directly. Um, but within the system, um, to know that, as you said, with the, d- the degrees, education that our teachers have, they could have left. And those that have stayed have stayed because they deeply believe in children and the district and the city. And that automatically um, gives me the right to have a high degree of respect for people that have have um, endured and stayed. Um, but, but specifically, um, that's why this upcoming tentative agreement is important in at least acknowledging at some level that people deserve a raise. Um, And that's why I've continued to advocate for it. Although it was negotiated before I came in, I've continued to try to push it and try to make sure that it gets done. Um, But you'll see that we're going to create a strategic plan. One of our main priorities will be recruiting, retaining teachers. And you have to do that through salaries. You have to do that by by being transparently engaged in the process. I visited 20 schools 
uh, when I came here, um, went to almost two a day. And that's going to be what I do to talk directly to teachers about what's working, what's not. I'm going to build a team of people that have been educators that know how to create systems and processes to support teachers. Um, and I can't solve every problem. I, I would be unrealistic if I did it, but I can talk through it and come up with solutions short-term and long-term and not ignore them. You'll see me address issues quickly um, and transparently, and I think that's what will be different as we move forward. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nikolai Vidi, new superintendent for Detroit Public Schools Community District. Thank you very much for being here. We will have you back soon to talk more with our listeners about uh, the future of education in Detroit. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.